On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the Model 3 program fast forwards to release candidate status. Elon Musk wants to speed up your Model 3 delivery process. The 100 Ds have been released from their holding pattern while the 60s days are numbered and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to the 85th edition of Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla unofficial podcast for March 19th, 2017. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by Maggie the Boxer, who uh, is relaxing comfortably after her latest rehab session, her uh, underwater treadmill, doing that hydrotherapy, right, Maggie? Yeah, you did a good job. She's uh, building up her strength in there. That is the goal. So, a lot of Model 3 news this week, which I will no doubt please a lot of the reservation holders in the audience. Uh, there was plenty to get to, so we'll get right started with the Model 3. And uh, remember, last just last week, we were talking about beta status, that the cars, you know, the original Alpha prototypes, and now the cars beta uh, per an SEC filing. Well, turns out we're zooming right past that, and the Model 3 has moved on to release candidate status, which if you are familiar with software terminology, which is where Tesla takes their cue, uh, other automakers don't really use this terminology, but Tesla does. So a release candidate is effectively something that is potentially good enough to ship. You're, it's the final, final testing to make sure everything is right and everything's how you want before you say, okay, go. Uh, a release candidate, I mean, the the... the finished product is is a release candidate. It's just a question of whether or not it's release candidate 1, release candidate 4, release candidate 17, etc. But uh, So there was an unpublicized investor call that Elon Musk was on this week regarding the $1.2 billion capital raise that Tesla ended up uh, getting this week. So unfortunately, I was not able to be a part of that call because I didn't know it was happening, and I don't think I was invited anyway. Clearly, I wasn't invited anyway. And there's also no public archive of it on uh, on, on any source that I could find. So uh, couldn't get the audio for you. Would have loved to have had the Elon Musk clips, as I, as I always like to try and do. But a, a friend of the show was able to sneak in there and verify everything is legit and electric reported uh, on, on the main items here. So Musk says that the Model 3 prototypes that they are building now are, quote, almost entirely built with production tooling, which, according to Electric's report, is why they are referring to the vehicles as release candidates instead of beta prototypes. Uh, Electric adds that based on the current results, Musk added that the quality of release candidate build for Model 3 is significantly higher than it was for Model S or X, meaning the, the equivalent car, the release candidate S or release candidate X. He added that they are, quote, tightening the variance of parts for better fit and finish, which, was in, which as uh, early Model S owners know, and X owners for that matter know, the, was an issue for those cars, uh, panel gaps, were something that uh, you could definitely nitpick on a number of those early cars. Uh, finally, Elon added that they expect to be driving the release candidates in, quote, a week or two. Uh, 
Wow, that is, that's awesome news. That is great news. Now, what this means, the, the thing I'm taking away from this is that they are still, still on schedule. Again, things can still and probably will go wrong on some level. It's just a question of whether they're going to be minor problems or major Model X-like issues that, that cause major hangups. But uh, as I've said before, every single time that we get an indication that things are still on schedule and, and more and more days have come off the calendar in 2017, it, it should just raise your confidence that many of us are going to get our cars this year. Man, it's starting to get it's starting to get more exciting now. I mean, I know, you know, the the Model Model 3 reveal part 3 will really uh start to crank up the hype machine, but you know, the stuff like this, it does matter and again, it it adds up when we get indication after indication. It's like, yep, they're on time. Yep, they're still on time. Hey, it's March and they're still on time. These are all excellent signs. Next story this week, speaking of Model 3, uh, there will be a Model 3 delivery event, which I we might have already known this. I don't know if it was quite 100% set in stone, but we certainly assumed it. But via the new referral program, uh, we now know that there will for sure be a Model 3 delivery event. Yeah, I know we we would, in fact, assume this because there was one for the S and the X, but... Uh, Of course, things are different this time. There aren't Founders Series cars that we know of, and there definitely aren't Signature Series cars, uh, although it's the Founders cars that have been delivered at at those delivery events. But in any case, uh, the new referral program, which kicked in this week, uh, you will get an invitation to that Model 3 delivery event if you get seven referrals. So as to the delivery event itself... The question, I feel, is whether or not it's going to be employees getting cars or possibly general public getting cars, depending on when they decide to hold it. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not all the cars are going to be performance models. You know, every single X, all, what, six of the Xs that were delivered at the end of September in 2015, uh, every single one of those cars was a, you know, fully loaded performance model. So, but with the Tesla employees, Tesla, SpaceX, Solar City employees getting first crack at the cars, uh, if these are employee cars, will they still be all performance cars? Will they be across the board as far as configuration? I mean, I think it'd be really great if it, if it not only was employee cars that were delivered at the Model 3 delivery event, but I think it'd be cool if those employees got to, to come up on stage with Elon and then Elon tells everybody, tells the world a little bit about that employee, like, you know, how long they've been at the company, what they do. And heck, you know, maybe even let each employee that's taken delivery say a few words as, the, as they get their car. I mean, I know that can take a while if you're, if you're doing 10, even five cars, like the, again, like they did at the, the X event. But, but, you know, this car, the Model 3, it's the mission goal of the entire company. The more affordable, more mass market friendly car. You know, this is the car that the company was built for. It's the car for everyone. I mean, in fact, remember, remember, this car was supposed to be called the Model E before Ford uh, got, got their lawyers warmed up and ready and, 
Elon changed it to three, although the original three looked exactly like an E, <laughs> and then they ended up going with the, with the uh, Arabic numeral three. But that E, in my opinion, stood for everyone, because you know the, the Model S stood for sedan, stands for sedan, and X stands for crossover. Uh, e, to me, was everyone. Model everyone, because that's what that car was all about. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see what Tesla ends up doing with that delivery event for Model 3 and exactly when it's going to be. Is it going to be July? Is it going to be, you know, I suppose probably July with the way everything's staying on schedule so far. What are you crying about over there, Mags? (laughs) I'm tired. It's comfy on her bed. All right. Uh, Speaking of Model 3 deliveries... Elon Musk says that Tesla plans for the delivery process, i.e. you actually picking up your car. Elon wants to reduce that process from a one-hour delivery process to five minutes. Apparently, Tesla plans on not only sending instructional videos ahead of time. Now, remember, I I just played this uh, from the conference call, the investor call, what, two or three shows ago, uh, and this exact thing did come up. So this, this is, should sound familiar to you guys. Uh, so the, they want to do instructional videos ahead of time, send them, just send you those on a, you know, whether it's email links, secure server, or just put them on YouTube, who knows. But uh, they also want to do the paperwork ahead of time uh, which, of course, that can all be done DocuSign these days. That's all electronic and pretty simple, straightforward as well. They, they want to see new customers in and out in minutes, uh, and Electric notes in their report should result in a better experience for new owners, but Musk said that Tesla also plans to bo- build more dedicated delivery centers in metro areas with high demand for the Model 3. Those locations wouldn't even necessarily offer service, but they would instead focus on the delivery process and remove that task from local stores and service centers. That got me thinking, where would those be? Where would Tesla set up delivery centers that would have the space, the physical real estate, to stash a bunch of cars, like dozens and possibly, well, let's just say dozens of cars at a time. Uh, Malls are out. There's just no way. Uh, There's nowhere to stash a bunch of cars at a mall, uh, which is where a lot of the Tesla stores are now. The only thing that comes to mind is maybe big lot retail spaces. You know, there's there's plenty of those around the country. And uh, sadly, these days, a lot of retail vacancies. I mean, you know, (laughs) a lot of big box retailers have come and gone. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm missing an obvious solution here. But uh, that's, yeah, sort of those big big retail shopping centers uh, with with just plenty of real estate in the parking lots and and uh, possibly even just obviously vacant buildings could be could be one option but uh, also just on this note we've talked about this in the past on the podcast people have called in about it we've discussed it but autonomous deliveries are I think almost certainly going to happen I'm going to say that I'm going to say that confidently and hopefully I won't end up wrong on that. I mean, it might take 3 to 5 years before a car can sufficiently uh deliver itself and there're also, 
again, as discussed in previous Ride the Lightning hotline calls, there are legalities to that, like what happens if something happens to your car while it's delivering itself, if someone hits it, if it's uh, a rock hits the, the windshield or the paint, you know, whose who's, who's liability is it? But I do think in time, whether it's, you know, maybe three to five years, I think Tesla is going to get there and your car, the cars are going to deliver themselves. And, uh, you know, not necessarily in every single case, but in a lot of cases. And guess what? If they can do that, they should because they're going to need it by then. Uh, what with, you know, again, if they continue to have no dealer network, which they're obviously fighting in courts nationwide, state by state, for that for the right to not have to use dealerships. Uh, but in three to five years from now, Tesla's going to be at full production and full capacity on the S, the X, the 3, and the Y. Uh, so you're talking well over, you're, you know, you're probably talking between, I don't know, maybe call it 2 million cars a year between the 3 Y uh, between the whole sexy lineup, S3X and Y right there. So uh, autonomous deliveries definitely make a lot of sense for the future of Tesla. Uh, not the future, but the absolute present now. Uh, last week I reported on the EPA holding up deliveries of people's 100Ds because they hadn't yet signed off on the new variant of the car. They had not approved uh, given these sort of official approval, and thus Tesla legally could not sell them. Fortunately, as I had hoped and noted last week, that delay indeed proved to be fairly short. That certification has occurred, and those cars are now delivering. If you happen to be waiting for delivery of a 100D, you should absolutely contact your delivery specialist if you haven't already done so or have, uh, have not already heard from them. Now, as to the bigger picture of this, Okay, the 100Ds are here, so it's not just the, the P100Ds. That means I am putting a 90-day clock on the 90-kilowatt-hour battery for both the S and the X. Uh, and by that, I mean I believe the 90-kilowatt-hour option will be gone in 90 days or less, just as has previously happened with, with old pack sizes when upgrades get announced and, and become official. So uh, in my humble opinion, if you'd like to order a 90 kilowatt hour car, I would suggest, humbly suggest doing so now. Although, uh, you know, a couple shows back, I made the case during a hotline portion of the show why I think the 100 kilowatt hour pack is well worth the $3,000 upgrade price. But, you know, hey, everybody has their own needs, their own desires, and their own budgets. So if you are eyeing that 90 kilowatt hour battery pack on your uh, future S or X, I would strongly advise you to act quickly on that. And speaking of batteries getting discontinued, see, I got I'm, my segue game is on point this week. Uh, speaking of batteries getting discontinued, Electrek reported and confirmed with Tesla and the, the emails have been going out. I actually even ended up getting one, even though I don't own a Tesla yet. I guess it's just people on their mailing list. Uh, everybody got this. The 60 kilowatt hour battery pack, that means the, the rear wheel drive, standard 60, and also the 60D, that uh, anything about the 60 kilowatt hour pack is going to be discontinued after April 16th. So you've got just under 30 days to uh, order a 60, should that be the car you want. Uh, Tesla says that they're making the change 
because most customers ultimately end up upgrading to 75 kilowatt hour eventually, even if via so the software unlock. And so Tesla just wants to streamline the ordering process. Now, uh, that's true, I guess. And Tesla is not a company that tends to spin BS our way. But I think what this is really about is it's showing extreme confidence that the Model 3 is going to be there in the second half of the year to fill in the demand on the lower end of the market. Now, of course, I, I mean, I don't mean the, the, not that the 60 kilowatt hour was at the low end of the market, but relatively speaking, the low end of the, the, the Tesla market. The 75 starts at 74,500 before any tax incentives. The 60 standard uh, rear wheel drive 60 starts at 68,000 now. So you're looking at a good uh, $6,500 difference, uh, effective price increase there on the Model S. And But it's interesting that, that uh, again, that Tesla would sort of not, um, this is too strong a phrasing, but kind of yank the safety net, you know, and, and have, again, effectively have uh, a, a $6,500 price increase temporarily for the summer uh, well, for the, for the spring, I guess, not, not even the summer, the spring, because uh, it's, you know, it's, this isn't quite like the time in 2012 when the Roadster contract had expired with Lotus and the Model S wasn't out yet and Tesla sold nothing for a short time. If, if you've been following the company like I have for a long time, you probably just went, oh yeah, <laughs> that did happen. Yes, there was a time after the last Lotus, uh, the last Roadsters were built by Lotus that Tesla sold nothing where they were just tooling up and getting ready for Model S. There was no money coming in other than the uh, the powertrain deals that they had, like with Daimler, for instance. Uh, and actually, I guess with Toyota at that time as well. But um, nevertheless, I do think this is a, a pretty important moment in time for Tesla because they're they're they got to bridge this gap between the base Model S and the Model 3 coming online. Now, uh, Tesla obviously knows uh, very, very well how many 60s that they sell and thus how many 60s they probably won't be selling now that they're taking it away. But they're almost certainly, as they alluded to in their, their statement there, they're counting on some of those people who would have ordered 60s just going ahead and stepping up and ordering 75s. Now, this this move, by the way, it also carves out a space for the Model 3 price-wise. Uh, think about it. You know, the, the base S now starts at about $75,000. The 3 starts at $35,000. So that means the no matter your configuration, the 3 and the S will not overlap much price-wise. I mean, I'm not sure we can look too far into this for hints about what a maxed-out, ludicrous-mode Model 3 is going to cost. I mean, I would say I think that uh, a ludicrous check-every-box Model 3 is going to be more than $75,000. I don't think you're going to be, to, to be able to buy a check-every-box Model 3 for the same price as the base check-no-boxes Model S. I don't see that happening, even though they are different cars, different platforms for different customers. But um, 
I think there will be some overlap, but but yeah, this this move by moving the the base Model S price up to about 75k, it does it gives the Model Three basically gives it that whole 35 to 75 uh, pricing window to itself. So it's you know if somebody comes into a Tesla store with a specific budget in mind, there really won't be any question. It's just like okay, well if your budget is is between 35 and 75, you probably want a Model 3. But now, if I had to guess, as I have before, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with what I've guessed before, and that is, I think the check every box Model 3 is gonna is gonna top out in the mid to high 80s, maybe touch 90 grand, but I think it's gonna be in the mid to high 80s. That's uh, and you know this again. I. I I know you really can't look into it with this Model S move, but I figure, okay, if I could get a loaded, ludicrous Model 3 for 85 and then the base Model S, which is a you know, bigger car, different bells and whistles that's, uh, that starts at 75, yeah, okay, I could see that being, being a realistic thing. So we shall see that the pricing of Model 3, that is just, uh, that is the big, the big mystery that we have yet to... We have yet to get any concrete information on, and that is going to, of course, be so critical to so many of us. What is this? What are these options going to cost? Finally, this week, Brooks from Drag Times. Uh, I've mentioned him on the show a number of times. He does good work on YouTube. He got his hands on the 21-inch Arachnid wheels from Model S because, yes, Tesla has finally begun shipping them out to folks who won them in those early referral programs. And Brooks went ahead and put them on his P100D and put them through their paces a little bit. He reports that they save a total of 34 pounds, about 10 per rear wheel and about 7 per front wheel. And that's in comparison to the stock 21-inch turbine wheels that uh, Tesla offers on the S. He says they're even a few pounds lighter than the stock 19-inch wheels on the Model S, which I presume he's referring to the slipstream there. He didn't actually specify now, Brooks noted that he wasn't able to see any immediate gains in the 0 to 60 performance of the car in his initial testing, but uh, it is clear, I mean, if you are the ultimate Tesla performance enthusiast, if you've got a P100D Model S, these are probably the wheels you want to have on the car. I mean, hey, you can look at it as 35-pound difference. Uh, they're also... Uh, cast i believe is, is uh, he had mentioned as well but you know 35 pounds so they, they offset the presence of a, about a four-year-old child in your car not, <laughs> not not that you should be doing serious performance driving with a toddler in the car but but uh yeah it's like it's like a free toddler that you're that you're <laughs> either saving or or riding along with but uh no it's if by the way i, I wanted to note just finish this story by noting if you didn't get a set of the arachnids in the referral program, remember that thanks to the keen eyes of Ride the Lightning listener Michael from Baton Rouge a couple shows back, we do now know that any Model S owner, any Model S owner, should be able to buy a set of these fairly soon because they are on Tesla's store online and set with a tag of coming soon. So uh, they should hopefully be available to everybody here in the not-too-distant future. All righty, uh, that wraps it up. A really fun week of news this week. I'm glad there weren't any, like, you know, 
Tesla defeated by some state dealership association or or any, you know, uh, autopilot getting blamed for something. It was a bunch of fun news, story this, news stories this week, and that's, that's how I prefer it. So I'm going to come right back and keep the fun going with three more excellent calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline. Stay tuned right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is your time to shine here. This is your part of the show where you can call in, participate, uh, be a caller, be on the air. Whether you've got a question, comment, discussion topic, we've got a little bit of all three this week. So uh, you can call me anytime. The toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA if you're dialing with the touch tone and dial in the letters there. A little easier to remember. And I mentioned, of course, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. I thank lifeonrecord.com for providing the Ride the Lightning hotline, making it super easy to call in to the show. Uh, if you want to, as I as I am happy to note, you can also just record your question on your smartphone and email that question in as well. The email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Let's kick it off with Mike in Charlottesville. He's a frequent caller. We hear from Mike a lot. He uh, wonders if we might see the beta now release candidate cars in showrooms anytime soon. So, Mike, you're on the air. Hey, Brian. This is Mike from Charlottesville again. My question for you is, so Tesla apparently made or, or is in the process of making about 100 beta cars. So apparently Elon said that these are pretty much production-ready cars. Now, once they test them and realize that they're good to go, is it possible that we may see them at the stores for test drives? Just wanted to see what you thought about that, and thanks. That is entirely possible, Mike. It's entirely possible. I mean, it could be a way for Tesla to energize us reservation holders. I mean, if, you know, if you've, you're one of the 400 or so thousand, possibly 500,000 people that have a Model 3 reservation and you live within a decent range of, uh, of a showroom, of a Tesla store, if you found out that they had uh, a Model 3 there not even this, let's say not even to test drive. Let's just say to, to go look at, to just go see it and sit in it. The stores would be packed, packed on a daily basis. I know I would be, I'd be going every weekend because I'm usually down near my, uh, my nearest Tesla store, or my preferred Tesla store. Uh, I'm usually down there just about every weekend. So uh, it, it would, I would totally go see it all the time. Uh, I'd probably be doing the show from inside it. <laughs> be like, excuse me, employee, do you guys mind if I record this in here? Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that could be, that could definitely draw a lot of attention to the car, but that attention is in fact the counter argument. I don't want, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I'm not trying to shoot you down, Mike, but I, I want to present the other side of this because remember, Tesla themselves has said repeatedly and most recently on that last quarterly conference call 
they don't want more reservations. They're actively trying to suppress them by not giving numbers or by doing anything else to encourage them. If, if there are Model 3s in showrooms, that's going to generate a lot of reservations. People are going to hear about that. Pardon me. People are going to come in, they're going to see it, and they're going to plunk down a thousand bucks to get on that list. That's just going to happen. I mean, it's, it's going to make the news. It's going to be... That's going to be a big deal when those cars hit the showroom. So um, we obviously will see the cars in the showrooms at some point. Of course, we have to. But even taking your good points into, into account, I think it's a bit early yet. I, I think we, we will see them in showrooms once production starts. So, you know, whether that's July, if it's July, I think we'll start to see the cars in the showrooms in July. Um because, of course, at that point, the employees can start having them. So you're not going to have employees bringing cars to the showrooms because those are personal cars. They're not, th- those owners aren't going to want customers coming to the parking lot to, to you know, oogle them <laughs> and, and fingerprint them. Uh, I can assure you, as a 12-year owner of a DeLorean, uh, that in those years, during the time I owned that car, uh, there, there, there are more times than I could count where I would come back to it from being inside. It's, you know, if I was out and about somewhere and there'd be fingerprints on the car. Now, it, part of it's because people are like, ooh, stainless steel, and there seems to be a human compulsion to want to touch it. But that's going to happen with a Model 3, even though it's not a stainless steel car. So it would make... Definitely makes sense to have Model 3s in the showrooms at the same time that employees start taking delivery of theirs because you don't, you don't want those poor employees subjected to the, the drooling and ogling <laughs> of, of the reservation holders who can't wait to get theirs. Uh, so we'll see. Well, we'll see. Uh, maybe you'll end up right, and, and this will end up being another one of my incorrect predictions. Next up is our friend Michael from Milbray, who uh, has an update on his, if you remember, he called in, I don't know, not that long ago, talking about how he, he's, he's got a bodywork problem. He needs a new hood after taking a pretty substantial rock off of it and the hood couldn't be repaired. Uh, he's been hung up in the bodywork limbo for a while. So uh, Michael from Milbray, Milbray, pardon me, calling in in response to the John McNeil story from last week about the uh, the brute force body shop solution that Tesla is implementing. So, Michael, take it away. Hey, Ryan, it's Michael from Milbray. Thank you so much for reporting on John McNeil's post on Tesla Motors Club forum last week. I uh, reached out to him after I'd been waiting four months for my hood. He responded 20 minutes later, assigned my case to an employee of his uh, a few hours later, a new hood was en route to my body shop, and um, I should be getting my new hood installed early next week. Uh, four months of waiting, and now it's only taken a week to get it resolved. Um, I guess essentially the hood got lost in the mail, um, and uh, no one knew where it was. But uh, the biggest issue with the um, process was that there was no contact person for me for the body shop. I asked the service center. No one was able to reach out. 
But um, once I was able to make contact with John McNeil, everything is resolved. So thanks so mu- so much for posting it. Um, I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have known about it otherwise, and I'd still be waiting for that hood. I am glad to hear it, Michael. That that uh, that truly makes me happy that that uh, John McNeil's post on TMC wasn't just hot air. That he, it's he's actually backing it up, and you are getting your situation taken care of. Uh, now you're. Your call also made me think, too. You know, you've touched on one of Tesla's biggest problems. I've read it time and time again on forums from, you know, from owners who are either trying to buy a car or trying to get a, a car repaired, you know, if they're, if they're in the dark in their repair process like Michael was. And that problem is communication, you know. Tesla, and I've said, we've talked about this on the show before, not in a while, but Tesla does have a communication problem. Uh, it is, it can be difficult to get the information you need as a customer of Tesla, and that's that's frustrating for people, and that's understandably so. And this made me think, you know, okay, John McNeil hits the forums and uh, replies to the private messages, and things start to happen. That's great. John McNeil is. Uh, no doubt a busy executive and won't be able to do this day in and day out. That's probably not his particular job. Tesla needs a fixer. If you've ever seen Pulp Fiction, I'm thinking of the wolf. Like, you you call the wolf. (laughs) Tesla needs a wolf. They need somebody who can be a public face of the company that's not Elon Musk and somebody that can be a mouthpiece slash actual human being contact for customers with issues. Now, if any of you follow me for video game stuff, if you pay attention to the the video game side of what I do at IGN, you might be familiar with a guy who works for Xbox and has for many years by the name of Larry Herb, who is better known by his online handle, Major Nelson. Now, Larry's not a fixer per se. Uh, He doesn't He's not a guy who facilitates you, you know, getting your Xbox fixed or something like that. But Larry is very much a public face who disseminates information and gets news out there about new games and programs and initiatives and things and things like that. And he does that because Phil Spencer, who's the the head of Xbox, the executive at Microsoft who runs the Xbox division, Phil doesn't have time to do that kind of thing. So that's what Larry does. So it got me thinking, Tesla should hire me to be the major Nelson of Tesla. Create the position. I don't know who, who, who I report to. Now, I'm very lucky. I have a job that I very much like. But I'm just saying, uh, who better, if, you're gonna, if you were to create this position at Tesla somebody that has their ear to the ground in the community and is out there and is, is keeping tabs on things. I'm just saying, Elon, if you're listening, call me. <laughs> call me up. Let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, all right. Anyway, next, our, our third and final caller this week is uh, Elliot from New York City who wanted to talk about Tesla's cash situation this past week, their capital raise. Uh, now, it did already happen, but... He had a really interesting idea for how Tesla maybe could have chosen to handle this. So, Elliot, what were you thinking? 
Hey, Ryan, this is Elliot calling from New York City. Uh, Rockley, the King Charles, wishes Maggie the Boxer all the best. I wanted to uh, go down an avenue of thinking with regards to Tesla's all uh, cash situation. I know they're trying to raise another one to $1.2 billion in the marketplace. And I was curious to know if you had any uh, opinion on whether Tesla Model 3 reservation holders might be a, an alternate source of cash such that uh, any Model 3 owner who wishes to partake would opt in to a plan where they can actually start paying down their car now despite not having the car in hand. The benefit would being would be uh, getting a 0% financing benefit for us as the reservation holder um, and spread out our costs over the long run so that it's not so bad later on when we actually do get the, the car in hand at whatever rate that the financing uh, would be then. And then the benefit to Tesla is that they're effectively getting a 0% free loan as well. So it, it sort of works both ways and they don't have to dilute any stock or raise any debt, which in this growing uh, rate environment could get uh, onerous later on. Uh, just curious to know what you and your fans thought about it, and I actually tweeted it to Elon, but uh, haven't heard back yet. All right. Thanks again. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, I'll tell you, Elliot, that is an interesting idea. Uh, now, as I mentioned, of course, the capital raise is already done, so it is something of a moot point now, but on the surface, you make a pretty good case. What you're saying does make a lot of sense. I would imagine, though, that uh, it would if Tesla did want to go down that road, I think what might give them hesitation, besides who knows if there are any potential legalities there, but I would think on a, on a more sort of surface level thing, it, may, it might make them look bad to be asking their customers for more money before the, the car that those customers ordered was done. You know, maybe kind of a desperation thing. Whereas, because there's a, there's a big difference between asking investors for money, people who want to invest in the company and see a return on that money later, versus asking your actual customers to give you more money uh and just give it to them sooner rather than than what you owe them later for, in exchange for your car. But I, the other thing, too, I would also imagine that if they did something like that, that it would throw the reservation queue, which is already kind of a, this mysterious thing that none of us fully understand, but it might throw the reservation queue into utter chaos because you'd have some people that would have their cars fully paid off that would probably be making a big stink about wanting their cars before those people that hadn't paid them off no matter where they lived. So if you know you get a guy in in uh in Delaware and deliveries are starting on the West Coast so that they can be, you know, close to home base and close to the the highest concentration of service centers and you know you got somebody out there that paid for their car, they're going to want it. So I I feel like it could just get messy if if not logistically, then then uh, in a PR way, just the, the public relations on it could get a little messy. So still, I do think that your idea is, uh, at least in principle, it's a pretty solid one. 
Now, uh, fortunately, everything does seem to have gone fairly smoothly for Tesla this week with that capital raise because, uh, in fact, the stock ended up jumping a bit this week following that because evidently the, the reports I read were that it jumped after Wall Street was pleased that Tesla raised less capital for Model 3 here than investors thought they would need to. So them having to, to, to solicit less, uh, less money from new investors was seen as a, as a uh, good sign from Wall Street, and the stock did see a bump this week. So uh, good stuff from Elliot, and thanks to Michael from Milbray and Mike from Charlottesville as well. I remind you that if you would like to participate, if you've got a question, a comment, a discussion topic for the show, please call in with it. I can always use more good phone calls. Uh, I think I really think they make the show better. It's good to have your voices on here. You guys always have great perspectives on things. Uh, so call in. It's a toll-free number. You just leave a voicemail on there. And the number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-8752. Or record your question on your phone and email that file to, to uh, teslapodcast at gmail.com. All right, I'm going to take a quick breather, come right back, and wrap things up for you right after this. All right, uh, with the new referral program underway, I, I actually did get a, a handful of nice requests from listeners offering their code. I've actually agreed to let Jeff have one more shot. We only ended up getting one referral so he didn't even get a prize uh, last last quarter. So we're going to give Jeff one more shot, Jeff in California. So uh, if you are purchasing a Model S or Model X, and remember that you've got less than 30 days to order a 60-kilowatt-hour car, if that's what you desire on the Model S, and in my humble opinion, you've got approximately the duration of this referral period to order a 90 kilowatt hour car before I think they'll go away and be completely replaced by the 100. So uh, if you would like, if you're planning to order a car, get $1,000 off of that car by using this referral code. It's ts.la slash Jeff2311. That's a a short link. You put it into your web browser. It's again, ts.la slash Jeff2311. That's Jeff spelled J-E-F-F. I would love it if you would take a look at the Patreon page. A lot of time, energy, love, blood, sweat, tears goes into make the making of this podcast. If you see fit to support it, I'd be mighty grateful. I'd be mighty grateful if you'd even just take a look at that page and, and uh, just give it, a, give it some consideration. The Patreon is located at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. I want to thank the Patreon producers. These are the kind folks who support me at the $20 or higher level each and every month. And those folks are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, David Kittle, Lisa Kaz, Michael O'Prey, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Maracle, and Kyle Stover. I uh, also want to remind you before I hit the road, 
Uh, abstractocean.com has a bunch of cool Tesla accessories, both for you and the car. So whether you uh, are an owner or not, there's something there for you. And Abstract Ocean has kindly offered up the 20% off coupon code. So uh, head over to the site if you want to buy something, get 20% off by using the coupon code RTLPODCAST. As, uh, do that as all one word and uh, enjoy that discount. Thanks to abstractocean.com there. Check out Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter at teslaweekly.com. Uh, be sure to check out teslarati.com for day-to-day news in the world of Tesla. And uh, that's it. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Uh, That means it just automatically will download to you. It'll just feed right to you every week. You you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or pick up the RSS feed at the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I will see you all again next week.